Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Go Be Wyoming. Today I have Zach on. Usually I don't have him for interviews, but he's locked down for quarantine. Um, and today our interview is going to be Lindsay Dusset. She's a third-generation landman, partner of her own uh, land brokerage out of Gillette, uh, Pacer Energy. Um, let's get into the interview, Zach. Cool. And welcome in everyone to our interview with Lindsay Dossett. She is a partner of Pacer Energy, a WAPL executive member and AAPL Wyoming director. Lindsay, thank you for jumping on and uh, giving us a little bit of your time. Hey, no problem. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Um, let's. I want to jump into your history, Lindsay. Um, you are a third generation um, landman. Is that right? That is correct. Um, I uh, I never got to meet my grandfather, um, but he started off as a landman down in Texas in 1960 at uh, Temple Industries, and then about early 1970s he became an independent landman, and then brought my business my dad into the business in 1974 down in Texas, and then oh it was in the late 70s. Um, my mom is in Louisiana working for an oil company and that's where my dad met her and um, they came up into Montana in the late 70s as well and so they were up on the high line and up in southern Montana and got moved down to uh, Powder River Basin and right. um, kind of an interesting story in the high line that is where um, my parents met Vern Johnson and Craig Grassel, who are the prior owners of Pacer Energy. Oh. And, um, yeah. And they came back here in 1984 and stayed um, since they had me. And uh, I used to go with them, you know, during the summer on jobs and just kind of be a kiddo at the courthouse, play around, you know, sneak from the candy dishes the clerks have there. Yep. And, yeah, and, uh play underneath the tables and stuff and um then I kind of when I graduated well I started doing land work in high school um my parents never actually wanted me to do this they thought it'd be great but they saw downturns and they didn't want that for me mm -hmm. but got into it and I absolutely love history and um I, I just love this business and the history. Um, I'm a woman. I kind of like some gossip, you know, and that's what those records are, you know. Yep. So, <laughs> so I just, I love working with people. and I've just loved it ever, ever since. So I've been at it for about 18 years now. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's, um, I kind of want to dig into a little bit for some of our audience that may not know what a landman does. So you kind of talked about it a little bit where, um, there's travel involved. You got to do some digging, some research, um, and, and kind of talk a little bit about, you know, some of the roles that a landman has to do. Well, so there's a couple types of landman. You got your in-office landman, um, you know, your company landman, 
and um, usually at companies, um, you know, like in the bigger cities, um, they uh, negotiate deals and trades trade with other companies and work with, you know, field landmen, which field landmen are kind of, you know, a base out here in the field. They, uh, they do everything from, you know, draft contracts, you know, acquire leases, um, clear title, um, curative, um, you know, prepping for, you know, the rig to come in, um, and so forth. Um, you know, we negotiate with surface owners um, on surface use agreements, uh, survey, um, and then also um, closing the deal with mineral owners um, with leasing. But, you know, your title has to come first. And, um, you know, that takes quite a few years to learn in the records. Um, and it's really changed through the years, actually doing the research we do because it's all mostly online now. Um, not a lot of landman know what it was to actually even fill an index book from long ago to actually do the research. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So would you say a field landman has to be uh, kind of jack of all trades compared? I would don't want to throw a company landman under the bus, but uh, field landman got to do quite a few different things. Yes, and honestly, you know, um, you know, this is my opinion. Um, having a base as a field landman will help you more as an in-house landman. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know. Long ago, I remember my parents and many, you know, the older generation of landman. I mean, you had to be well versed in everything. Um, now it seems like we're kind of branching off as landman, as you know, you're just a curative landman, or you're just a leasing landman, or you're just a title landman, um, or a surface landman, even. Um, but the more you know, um, and can educate yourself on and be immersed in as a field land man that helps you sell yourself so um, you can go on to do more jobs. Awesome. And then yeah. last last question on this one. Um, what do you enjoy about Wyoming? It sounds like you kind of had a, you know, growing up with your parents, traveling around, seeing the courthouses, um, building on those relationships with the clerks, but What's something else about working in Wyoming that you enjoy? Oh man, it's the people. You know, I can honestly say that. Mm -hmm. um, and just the landscape. Um, you know, there's been a few times where um, I was offered um, in-house positions um, in Denver, but I honestly like driving to a courthouse still and the only traffic jam I get is some cattle moving across that road. You Absolutely. Know? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's me and the, you know, the courthouses by far, you know, I've been to a lot of courthouses, but uh, you know, I, I just love Wyoming courthouses, you know, they're big and our records are pretty good. Um, but I like, I like talking to surface owners. I like talking to mineral owners, you know, and even landmen that are in our state, 
or come from out of state and they decide to stay, you know, and they get good work. It's just the camaraderie of our industry together as a whole. So I really enjoyed that. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And I like the, yeah. And I like the public land survey system. So that's more Rockies. I go back East and meets and bounds, you know, that's a little bit harder. So I like my squares. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The squares. Yeah. (laughs) For, for a little background, well, Zach, you're good. Zach's going in, uh, you know, as history. So he probably knows the meets and bounds versus the the survey, but uh, for anyone listening, meets and bounds is the old way of, you know, 10 steps Northeast of the tree you know, to the, you know, and then turn west. So that's meets and bounds for anyone that's ever looked for records. Um, the apple tree, that was right there. Yeah, it's yep. not there anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zach, yeah. you've got a, a leaning into kind of a, a Lindsay running a Pacer. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned, you know, your your parents took uh, over Pacer uh, in the 70s. Um, and uh just wanted, you know, what's your, what's your experience with that? What's that been like? Um, you know, how has it kind of changed maybe since your parents uh, had it? Um, so just so we kind of get that correct. Uh, my parents never owned Pacer. They met um, the owners of Pacer in the seventies. Gotcha. Um, my parents did have a brokerage here for a short time in Gillette, um, but then became independent again. Um, but, um, kind of my background is, um, you know, I worked for my folks in high school and I went out on the road, um, to all these different States. And I got on with a pretty large Rockies brokerage, um, in about 2004 and I worked for them for about 13 years. And then, um, I kind of decided to go out on my own and I ended up, um, it wasn't intentional, but I um, had my own brokerage and it was under DKS land services. And I had about 20 landmen working underneath me. And I was just running this for my house. And um, I, I couldn't keep up with the work. I needed more staff. And um, Craig and Vern, um, that owned Pacer, um, like, I, we approached them. I have two other partners, uh, David Carpenter and Joseph Cicero. Um, David Carpenter's in our Casper office and Joseph's in our Cheyenne office. And we kind of came up with a game plan um, of, you know, approaching them and trying to buy Pacer and having three offices because Cheyenne, um, you have government offices down there. Um, you know, you got a, someone there, they don't have to travel. Same with Casper, a lot of industries in Casper, you know, so David's office there and, you know, Pacer in Gillette um, is the main office and it's always been here in Gillette and we keep pretty busy too. So all that worked out and we've been here for almost three years now. So it's gone really good having, um, I have lovely business partners. Um, I met David and Casper. Oh gosh. I want to say it was about 13 or 12 years ago at the courthouse. He was working for another broker as well. And I met Joseph through uh, Wapple actually years ago. So um, we're all very passionate um, about this business and what we do, but um, it's gone, it's gone pretty good. Even with COVID. 
you know? So, yeah. That's wonderful. And I think this, this leads us into the next question, Lindsay, um, you brought it up. Um, you know, why, why are organizations like Waffle and AAPL so important? Um, and let's, uh, maybe let's focus on Waffle first. And then I guess maybe I should have led with what is Waffle? Wobble is the Wyoming Association of Professional Landmen. And, you know, that's, we'll maybe kind of talk about this um, Wobble and AAPL kind of together because they go together. Um, so, and AAPL is the American Association of Professional Landmen. Um, why it's so important to belong to a state organization of where you work, where you conduct your business, and even AAPL um, to the National Association, it holds you to a much higher standard that you're gonna commit yourself to be, you know, performing as a land professional, um, to a certain standard ethics, you know, dealing fairly and honestly, you know, um, you have duties and principles um, with, you know, us talking to mineral owners and surface owners, you know, um, you know, just the professionalism that's involved, um, you know, being a part of this, these memberships, um, it just holds you to a different standard and your ethics. And that's, you know, how we want this business to go forward you know um there's been some you know I'm not gonna lie there's been some you know bad landman out there as you know that can tarnish any landman's reputation going forward so um you know waffle and aapl are very vigilant on this and take this very seriously so it's always important um to be a part of these associations not to even mention you know um you know, the networking opportunities at these events that can happen or, you know, I guess used to happen, you know, we're trying to get there. <laughs> and education, um, education is so important. Um, you can never quit learning um, AAPL and um, has tons of resources for landman to continue their education. Um, even Waffle, um, you know, uh, Wednesday in Cheyenne at the Red Lion, um, Waffle is having a mixer. And then AAPL the next day is having an educational seminar. Um, you know, got some great speakers there. Um, we got Marion Dingle Davis, and she's speaking about Wyoming geology. Um, and we got Chris Kosky, and he's speaking about eminent, eminent domain. And um, Eric Thompson is speaking about secondary recovery. So we got some good topics. Um, unfortunately, with the COVID happening, you know, I hope we have a all right turnout. And um, hopefully these will be taped so we can make this, these events uh, viewable to our members. For sure. Yes, yes. I think Zach's got a question. Yeah, right. I was going to say, um, you know, maybe you talk about the importance of education too. What are maybe some things people get wrong when they think about landman or when they, you know, are, are talking about it? Right. So, um, you know, some landman um, 
as we get hired by companies and run title, um, you know, some landman will actually, even though they were hired by a company, you know, will use someone else's title to try to um, make a profit off of it for themselves. So they might try to buy the minerals underneath of it. So um, these associations, you know, um, ethics of there can't be a conflict of interest in for yourself, especially if a client hires you. Um, so these associations hold us to those ethics that we can't do that, but that does happen. You know, uh, it's, it's a thing, but I, at the last few years, I've actually seen it happen less, but maybe I just haven't heard about it. But, um, you know, I remember back in the day, that was always kind of a thing as a landman going underneath his client's work, which is, you know, that's a horrible thing, but being held by these, um, standard standards and ethics um you know can keep us pushing forward in the in the right direction absolutely yes lindsay changing gears a little what um you know you've you've been in this industry for a long time um you you saw your parents go through it um mm -hmm. You know, what are your thoughts on the current climate right now? Um, and, and this could be very broad, you know, this could be national too, mm -hmm. but um, in, in regards to Wyoming, you know, what have you seen operators uh, attempting to do, um, you know, to keep, keep the industry going? Well, um, usually in downturn, um, you know, this has been something else. It's, you know, with COVID this year and, you know, a lot of, people are a little bit further away, you know, down their offices and we can't all communicate and have meetings like we once did, um, but we're kind of getting by it. But usually during a downturn, you know, um, if a company um, has a budget for it, um, we're usually doing, you know, curative type items, you know, maybe um, getting some surface use agreements prepped, you know, preparing for, you know, that rig to get out there that one day again mm -hmm. um you know and also um during this time you know it doesn't necessarily have to be operators i don't feel that you know or should be doing more maybe it's the state as a whole as well um it seems like there's been um some things going on i feel like the state of wyoming and even um you know some surface owners and operators need to kind of reevaluate the situation around us right now and, you know, become more of a business partner um, type relationship um, because, you know, we're all trying to make these projects work and have longevity. And we might need to kind of redo our thinking on um, some of these projects to survive a long haul on some of that. So, yeah. Uh, that was well mm -hmm. said, you know, Zach and I have um, talked a little bit about that and we've talked to uh, some, some, um, you know, innovative tech, you know, companies, service companies, you know, trying to uh, enhance recovery. And I think that's the message going around, Lindsay, is we need to, we need to look at it the long term, you know, not, not the, uh, what can we do in the next six months to make a profit, but maybe the, you know, five, 10 year um, scope. Is that what you're seeing? 
Yes. Um, you know, we can always learn from things of history, I believe. I mean, that's, that's our job. Um, you know, some of these projects that weren't sustained, I mean, obviously cold blood methane, um, you know, I think they gave like five to 10 years on one of those wells anyways, but you know, some of that has just perpetuated and, um, some of those surface payments can be made. And so, you know, some of those companies have gone by the wayside, you know. Right. So I feel like we need to learn from some of that history and um, to try to make this work for everyone because, you know, a bunch of abandoned stuff out there isn't good. But I think um, industry, um, a lot of operators now, um, you know, they're trying to prevent that, obviously. Um, but, um, you know, just the state of Wyoming, they have been kind of raising some prices as well. Um, and of course, with, you know, just with this COVID and the coal mines and, you know, the state trying to come up with revenue, I think we just need to be looking as to industry as a partner and figure out how we're going to ride this out together. On that. Yeah, that was well said. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, our next question is kind of on the same subject about orphan wells. Um, mm -hmm. We've talked about this a little bit on some of our recent episodes. Um, there's some groups out there that want kind of more action around orphan wells, cleaning them up and stuff like that. Um, but we just wanted to ask you like kind of your thoughts or provide some insight on how good of a job Wyoming does on kind of cleaning up orphan wells and capping them and, and all of that. Well, I can honestly say, I think state of Wyoming has always been, has been ahead on that. I know it seems that, you know, you kind of look at when's the last time this well produced or when the uh, commission actually pulls the bond to plug the well. Um, but I mean, they have been, you know, actively working on this for a very long time. You know, there's, there's a lot of wells out there. Um, but I think Wyoming compared to other states, I mean, I think, you know, you heard during this time, you know, a lot of states, um, oil and gas people were advocating on to plug their wells like North Dakota or Colorado, but I mean, we've been actively doing that as a state, you know consistently so i think now i i uh, i'm i do not speak on the orphan well program or anything like that but i think i heard the goal was that they were going to try to do a thousand wells this year yeah and I think we found a yeah i think the commission said that recently mm -hmm. right and i think um they're getting pretty close and i think I don't know. I think on the methane wells, and I, I don't know about oil wells, but I think there was maybe over a thousand um, wells left to possibly plug still for methane. But those methane wells, you know, they're constantly pulling bonds on those, and companies are going under on that stuff. So, yeah. uh, remedying the problem. So, but yeah, I think the state of Wyoming has done a great job on that. Um, they've always been actively doing that. So they're, you know, they're trying to clean it up the best they can. You know, and I've, I've got a short history in the industry and that was one of the things that amazed me 
when I started learning about the Oil and Gas Commission was it, it you know, people, people that may not be educated into it don't realize how active the state actually is um, in, in sort of those items. Um, and I would agree, I think the state of Wyoming does a very good job um, in a lot of things compared to some other states. Um, let's see, my, our last two questions here, Lindsay, we'll keep this nice and short. Um, what does the phrase, you know, go be Wyoming mean to you? Um, and you can tie it into energy or being kind of an entrepreneur, you know, you, you are a partner of your own business. Um, so what does go be Wyoming, uh, you know, mean to you? Well, what I feel like that means is, and I'm just going to say this, I mean, with business, with life, you know, anything, you know, I always think of uh, right for the brand, you know, um, you know, you're helping your neighbors, you know, I, I, like I said, I just love the people here in Wyoming and what we stand for. And it just, I feel like we have, you know, tons of grit, determination, you know, we have, we're very hardworking and, you know, ethics and morals and, you know, just, I feel like we just have a lot more sense of community. So, you know, I feel like if you're trying to be a good person on all those levels, you know, uh, let's go be Wyoming for me. That, that was, I, I don't think I can add anything to that. Zach, I think we've got one last question and we'll send Lindsay on our way. Yeah, um, just, start, you know, do you have any kind of words of wisdom or, you know, message to young professionals trying to make it in the, in this industry? Hunker down. No, I'm just joking. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, one thing I can say is that I think the only reason that, I mean, I might've gone a few days without work, but I haven't gone without work. If you put your best foot forward mm -hmm. and the best product you can out there to represent yourself, you're gonna be remembered. And then, you know, someone, you do good work and they pass that on and that just continually happens. And so you're always trying your hardest and um, I think um, that's what you have to do every day. Um, as an independent contractor, you are your own business. You have to be um, just constantly putting yourself out there and your work to be the best you can. Because, you know, once it fails a few times, you know, you won't be remembered as that. And um, your name doesn't get passed around anymore. And so you're always trying to better yourself, you know, learning new things, you know, even if you're scared, you know, be honest with a broker or a company, you know, I can do this, but yes, I would like to try that, you know, diversify yourself in everything you can. Um, you know, we talk about, we're talking about oil and gas a lot here, but even, uh, you know, renewable, green, um, you know, right away, easements, you know, all that stuff. Let's just, you know, just the word energy, you know, just try to expand your education, all of these things. Um, so you can constantly move forward. Um, you know, we all go through booms and busts, but we all need energy. So 
you know, if this is really what you, what you want to do, um, you know, you can weather these times, um, you know, as long as, like I said before, if you put your best foot and work forward, you know, and just keep on learning, always learn. I'm still learning something every day in this business. So that's what I love about it. Yeah, that was wonderful. I think, you know, uh, you kind of kept it uh, open to anybody out there that may be struggling, but um, that was great. Um, uh, that's kind of all I had. Zach, did you have anything to add there before we send her on our way? I did not. No, this was, uh, this was great. Yeah, hopefully this was informative and um, just kind of a reminder. Um, this Wednesday, the 21st down in Cheyenne, Waffles down there doing a little mixer. And then the Thursday, um, all day is a, a field landman seminar provided by AAPL. And then uh, last thing, Lindsay, um, what's the best way for people to reach you um, or the best way to reach um, your company, Pacer? Um, kind of give that little plug for you there. Well, thank you so much. Um, so um, best way to reach me is by email, and that's lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, at pacerenergy.com. And you can learn more about my company um, at www.pacerenergy.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Lindsay, for uh, taking the time, um, you know, and, and kind of giving us some education, a little bit of your background. Um, and um you know hopefully uh hopefully we talk again soon and hopefully the waffle and apl uh turn out very well yes well thank you so much it was nice talking to you guys thank you <laughs> all right thanks Lindsay. we'll, we'll talk to you, you soon all right thank you mm-hmm. bye That was our uh, that was our interview with uh, Lindsay Dossett from Pacer Energy. Zach, what's kind of your uh, reaction here? Um, I thought it was very informative. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, this is an area I'm not very familiar in. I don't have a lot of experience, so this was really uh, nice to just kind of let this information wash over me um, and just see how important it is to to have this kind of. I guess a middleman of sorts to kind of help negotiate and facilitate uh, contracts and other agreements. Yeah. And that's, um, she kind of explained it really well, what, what the differences are. And um, uh, I will say, I will voice her, her, um, her comment about, she loves working with people that you deal with. Um, That's something that I fell in love with is going to meet the surface owners. You know, um, if the mineral owners are around, that's always fun to do. And then the, the clerks, anytime you're in the courthouse, um, you know, some of them, um, as Lindsay probably knows going with her parents, but some of those clerks have been in those courthouses for 30, 40 years. So they've got some stories, they've got some history. Um, so anyways, but, uh, I thought, I thought what was great was the, um, the, just the information, you know, about WAPL, APL, you know, why they're important. Um, what this, what the state of Wyoming does really good, uh, really well, you know, uh, for the industry um, and really energy in general. Yeah, uh, for sure. 
um, I think it's, it's cool. It's awesome to have somebody kind of come in and clear out the, you know, rumors or the, uh, you know, myths that are, are part of this industry. So that, that was really cool to see. Yeah, same. And I, 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 I won't say what she said, just I'll make people listen. But um, I thought her uh, explanation of Go Be Wyoming was spot on. Um, yeah. And then her encouragement for, for people trying to stick through it uh, through these hard times. So, yeah. Well, I think that's all we have, Zach. Thanks for jumping in. And that was our interview with Lindsay Dossett of Pacer Energy. And we will catch you guys next time. <laughs>